Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Welcome to Transforming Life Church. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Kyle Judah. I'm the lead pastor here. Amen. We hope you have a life-changing experience through Jesus uh, today. Um, I want to celebrate this real quick. Uh, we had a work day yesterday, and uh, we got the, the property starting to look real nice, and new mulch and plants in um, for, uh, for Easter next week. And so Mark and, and Billy, uh, you guys were working hard yesterday, man. I think, you, I think you sweat a little bit. It was nice to see. Um, but hey, I thank you guys so much. Hey, let's give them a, a hand. Not that they need it or anything, but I just want to celebrate it for being Saturday part of that and make things look really nice. Together we can, we can do a lot and accomplish um, a, a lot. Hey, um, if you have a Bible or some sort of device with the Bible on it, uh, turn to the book of Acts. We're going to look in chapters 3 and chapters 4. Um, so just kind of hold your finger there. We'll get there uh, in just uh, a few moments. Uh, we're closing out a series that we've been in for the past couple weeks called The Unchurched Next Door. And we've been talking about uh, you know, how we can reach out to those that don't go to church or uh, have never been invited to church. And we've looked at some different things that, and we've seen that there's a lot of people out there that have never been talked to about Jesus' faith. And they've never even been invited to church. And they've got Christian friends and family and people all around them. And no one's reached out to them. And, and we've been walking through some different statistics and, and different numbers and things like that. Because what we have to do, and, and the reason we have to do it is because... If we're going to grow, if we're going to grow as a church, if we're, if we're going to do this, um, we have to reach those that are unchurched. We have to be, uh, it has to be a part of our daily routine, our, our daily plan. If, if you want to get close to God, it's got to be a part of this as well. And that, you know, I know we talk about prayer, we talk about reading your Bible, we talk about worship and having quiet times. Well, reaching out to others has to be a part of it as well. And so we've been going through this uh, together. And so today's message is called Pardon the Interruption. Pardon uh, the interruption. Anybody like to get interrupted? Uh, probably not, right? Um, I know I don't, and, and it's a struggle for me um, because if you have kids or have had kids, you understand um, that they interrupt you and they don't care, right? I have a five-year-old son, a three-year-old daughter, and they don't care. We try to teach them and we try to forcefully explain to them that you can't just jump into the middle of a conversation, but, but my wife and I cannot have a legit conversation until what, about 9 o'clock after we put them to bed, right? Um, because they constantly interrupt us. I, I see you, Aaron. I know you feel it, right? They're constantly like, well, we'll, we'll get started. So, hey, how was your day? Oh, yeah. Was like, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy. You, don't, you, you guys know that. Right? You know about that life. Okay? We can't have a conversation, an adult conversation for any length of time without uh, being interrupted. Now, at night, we pray uh, with the kids. We say you know, prayers right before bed. We also try to read to them. Sometimes it's, it's Bible stories. Sometimes it's just they have all these books and we like to, to read with them. And so it takes forever. Like, I hate that. I hate that I have this thought and this feeling. I'm like, do we have to read a book tonight? Like, that's terrible, right? Because we want to teach kids to read and we, we want them to read. But I'm like, it just takes so long because it's like, you know, you know, what is it? The dog from that movie, Up. It's like, squirrel, you know, like all the time. You know, we're in the middle of praying and I'm like, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all you. Daddy, do you remember on Star Wars when Darth Vader came out with his. And I'm like, no, I appreciate his love for Star Wars, but at the same time, no, I'm in praying, right? I'm in the mode. I'm in my, my, my zone here. I'm praying. I'm seeking the Lord. Uh, and it just interrupts. And it takes so long. It's like 
We put you to bed at 8.30. It's 9 o'clock. What? You're so late getting to sleep. And forget about going to the bathroom in quiet and silence, right? Forget about that. Forget about it. You're in there. And, and sometimes that's kind of a getaway, right? You're kind of, you sneak away. And you're on your CD and you just kind of sit there for a minute uh, to take a moment of silence, right? Uh, but, but, but if they find out, it's... Jiggle a handle, jiggle a handle. Daddy, what are you doing? What do you think I'm doing? Go away. Give me peace and quiet for a minute. I'm trying to concentrate. Um, (laughs) Kids will interrupt you, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. Listen, we all live busy lives, right? We're all constantly going and going from one thing to another. Whether it's you're rushing through the grocery store, you've got your list and it never fails. They're stocking the shelf on the aisle that you need to go down, right? The pile of the stuff is right there in, in the way. And not to mention, people don't have proper buggy etiquette, right? There, there's, you, you, you walk and you do your buggy the same way you drive the car, okay? There's one way on this side, right? Everybody understand that, okay? I just want to make sure we're clear. See, I give you a roundabout of things here. You, you get a good education on many things, not just spiritual matters. But anyway... So we rush through. We rush through the grocery store, and uh, we rush through everything. You can't wait the clock out at the end of the day, right? You are watching that clock. Five o'clock. Please come. Four fifty comes around. You're packing up your stuff already. You're packing up your stuff, showing up your desk, right? Cleaning up your tools, whatever, whatever job you do, right? Four fifty. Ain't time to go home yet. Can't clock out yet. But sure enough, you're going to be walking up there to the, to the clock out thing, 4.55. You know? Some of y'all bounce out of here so quick on Sundays in church. Some of y'all, I don't know what, I don't know if it's like, come on, we got to go. They're going to ride us to lunch. I got a pot roast in the oven. Let's go. Hurry up, let's leave. They ask us for more money. We got we to gotta get out of here. Come on, babe. We got to beat the Methodists to Chili's, right? I don't, I don't know what. People just leave so quick out of church and it's like, hey, we want to talk, we want to hang out, we want to get to know you. But some of y'all are just... Haley's up here closing out in prayer and half of y'all are out down the aisle already. You know? You're not even waiting for the whole thing to finish up. We, like, we, we, we rush through so many things, right? Because we don't want to be interrupted. We, we, we get tunnel vision sometimes. We're, just, we're focused. We, we've got our, our, our to-do list or, or whatever it is. And just, time is precious, right? We only have today. We're not going to get it back again. Unless you have a, a DeLorean that can take you to the future and stuff like that. Um, anyway, some of y'all got that. I heard a few chuckles. So. If I get one, I'm, I'm good. Hey, listen. If we want to reach people around us, it's going to interrupt us sometimes. It's going to interrupt those to-do lists. It's going to interrupt your, your time at the store. It's going to interrupt uh, walking the dog through your neighborhood. If we're going to reach people around us, it's going to interrupt us sometimes. And it's going to be out there. It's going to be outside the four walls of this church, this building. It's going to be out there. It's going to be at your jobs. It's going to be in your schools. It's going to be in your neighborhoods. It's going to be in your own family. It's going to be out there. It's going to happen through conversations. It's going to happen for uh, you know, an invite to coffee or lunch. It's going to happen through building relationships with people and doing life with people. And those things take time. And they do. They do interrupt you. Sometimes it's going to happen out of nowhere. Sometimes you're not going to expect it. All of a sudden you see someone, you feel it. You're like, yeah, I need to, I need to talk to them. I need to reach out to them. I need to pray for them. 
It's going to interrupt you sometimes. So we have to be willing to be interrupted. We have to learn to pardon the interruption. Go to the the Bible here with us. Acts chapter 3. We're going to bounce around over over these couple chapters in chapter 3 and chapter 4. But I want to look at verses 1 through 16 first. You guys ready? Here we go. Acts 3 verse 1. One day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and said, and so did John. And, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him this intention, expecting to get something from him. And Peter said, silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up instantly. The man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in this place called Solomon's. When Peter saw this, he said to the fellow Israelites, Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare as if it is by our own power or godliness? We have made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our forefathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. That's pretty harsh, right? You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate. Though he had decided to let him go, you disowned the holy and righteous one. And asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. And by faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name. And the faith that comes through him that is completely healed. As all of you can see. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your power and your presence, God. Lord, we've experienced it. We've felt it. Many times for for some of us. God, may we learn not to just sit on that. That other people need to experience that. Other people need to experience you. There's there's people all around us that need to hear the good news of the gospel. So Lord, I pray that you stir our hearts today. God, that you would convict some of us, Lord. That you would give us hearts for the lost. That you would give us hearts for, for people that are all around us in our lives. Friends, families, and co-workers, God. Give us hearts for those people so that we can reach out to them so that they can come to know what we know about you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. My first point for you today is this. The interrupted put God and others first. We've talked about that. We've talked about that uh, here recently about how we are supposed to, as Christians, as people that follow Jesus and follow his teachings, we're supposed to put God and others first. I know this is real deep and profound for you, but, but the interrupted put God and others first. Otherwise, you won't be willing to be interrupted. Does that make sense? The interrupted put God and others first. See, when I get home from work, <clears throat> I come in the door and I'm greeted with the most amazing sound in the world. Daddy! Like both kids come running and they almost tackle me down. And I get this big bear hug from both of them. They're so excited uh, to see me. And I, I love it. I love it. But I'm, if I can be just real honest, when I go home and I get done with, with a day of work, I'm pretty tired, as many of you are. And the, really the only thing I want to do is just sit in a recliner and just have a moment of silence. Or on the toilet, you know. Uh, have a moment of silence and, and just sit and, and turn my brain off for a minute. And, and just be quiet, right? And, and not have to 
to talk or do a whole lot of anything. But there's people that need me. See, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and, and there's people that, that need my attention, right? And so my kids want to talk, you know, and I want to hear about their day. And, and so I spend, they want to play. And I have all these toys scattered all around my house all the time. And they, they want daddy's attention, daddy to play with them, daddy to spend time with them. Even if it's just sitting and watching TV with them. Uh, you know, my wife, she'll ask me every day, hey, how was your day? What did you do? Of course, I give the guy answers. Good yeah, stuff, you know. Um, and, then, and then we talk about her day and, and, and what happened. And, of course, she gives her answers. Well, this happened and that happened. And, you know, I talked to so-and-so. You know how it goes, guys, right? <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I know, I know my family needs my attention. I'm okay to be interrupted from what I want to do because I know my family needs me and wants my attention. When John and Peter walk up to this gate, they are headed into to the temple because it, it is the hour of prayer. Uh, this had become a practice uh, in Judaism, um, probably stemming from David. Because if you go back to Psalm chapter 55, 17, David says, Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. And, and it seems as this became a practice... Uh, for those that were devout Christians to have specific times throughout the day that they would go to the temple and pray. Uh, we're here at the ninth hour, the Bible tells us, and that translates to 3 p.m., which was considered for them the evening hour. Y'all like, I'm still at work, y'all. What you talking about the evening hour? Right? This was considered the evening um, hour for them. And so you can understand that these, these are people that spent time with Jesus. They followed after him. So, so prayer is something extremely important for them, right? Um, they don't want to miss this. They, they want to make it to prayer. They want to get there. Um, they want to be there on time. And, and so you can understand that, that this situation comes up. Uh, this, is a, this is interrupting their schedule, right? This is interrupting their plan. They had a schedule to keep. They didn't want to miss prayer, but they were interrupted. There's a lame man who had been lame since birth, and they, people would bring him up to this gate so that he could beg. So he's up there begging for money or, or really probably for anything, maybe even for attention. And, and he's begging here. And, and, and these men of God, they certainly could have said, hey, hey, man, I don't have anything on me. You know, all I got is a bank card, bro. You know, I don't have any cash on me, right? You know, uh, Right now, maybe maybe later. You know, they, they could have made all these excuses and, and say, "Hey, man, we really got we got a time. You know, we got to go in here. Heaven forbid, we just get prayer to minister to someone." I think that was one of Jesus's uh, hangups with so many of the religious leaders, right? But but no, but no, they they stop. They see this as an opportunity to share Jesus with this man. And, and you know what? It probably wouldn't have been a big deal if they would have ignored him and passed by because he's probably used to being ignored. He's probably used to people saying, no, I don't have anything, or people just walking by and not even paying him any attention. So it probably wouldn't have been a big deal, but they saw this as a moment, as an opportunity to reach him. Excuse me. Listen, there's people all around you at your jobs, in your schools, in your neighborhoods, in your families, in your life. There's people all around you that are reaching out for all kinds of things. To fulfill them, to give them happiness, to give them peace, to give them joy. They're reaching out for relationships. They're reaching out for jobs. They're reaching out for substances. They're, they're reaching out for things. They're reaching out for all these different things to fulfill them and to try to make them happy. But, but we know that those things don't satisfy. There's only one thing that satisfies. Come on, can anybody testify today? Well, there's only one thing that satisfies and that's Jesus. We know that. But they don't. 
the unchurched don't. And they're just, some of them are just waiting. They're waiting and they're wishing. They're, they're sitting like this, uh, like this lame man. And they're just sitting and waiting for someone to give them what they need. They're, they're sitting in their sin. They're sitting in their doubts. They're sitting in their fears. They're sitting in their past. They're, they're sitting in, in crazy situations and circumstances that, are, that have come up in, in their life. And they're sitting in all this stuff. And here we are in, in, in our buildings and, 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 and in this, this place. And we, we know the answer. We've got to reach out to people. We've got to share. We, we've got to be willing to be interrupted. You guys with me today? Don't get quiet on me now. They need you to help them connect the dots. They need you to walk alongside them. Help them piece things together. Help them understand Jesus. They, they, they don't know. They don't, they don't understand that, that, that just one encounter with Jesus can change their entire life. It not only will change the situation that they're in in the current, but, but it will change their future as well. See, there's much at stake. They, they don't understand that just one touch from Jesus can bring healing in their life. They don't understand that one word spoken by the Lord, the all-powerful, almighty God, could do something and give them exactly what they need and some things that they want. They don't understand that they're sitting, they're waiting just like this lame man, begging and waiting for someone to share the gospel with them. We have the answer. We need to share it. We need to tell people about Jesus. Sometimes it's, it's just sharing through conversation. You, you, you just sit and listen to them for a minute and hear what they're going through. And, and then you have a story. You have something that God has done in your life and brought you through and brought you out of. And, and, and that can relate to them and what they're going through in their life. So you can share your story. You can just, just be there for someone. Just share the kindness of, of the Lord with them. Invite them to church. Bring them. Don't just say, hey, come to our church and, and then just expect them to show up. But, but follow up with them. Call them. Ask to meet them out front um, before you walk in the doors and you guys walk in together. There's so many ways that, that we can do this, but we have to do something because there's lost people out there. There's people don't know. And they're dying and going to hell every single day. There's people stuck in, in, in a routine and a rhythm and a pattern of, of, of choices that they've made. There's people stuck in, in sin and, and in incredible experiences and situations that they've been through. There's people stuck in hurt. And here we are sitting in here and we have the answer. We have to reach people. Are you ready? Are you ready to be interrupted? If you're ready, look at your neighbor and say, you better get ready. Look at your other neighbor and say, here we go. Because things are going to escalate quickly when you start realizing those moments, when you start recognizing those opportunities. It's not just going to be one opportunity. It's going to lead into other opportunities because interruptions bring opportunities. If I put my family first, in that moment they feel loved. In that moment they feel safe. In that moment they feel valued. They feel uh, worth. If I come home and, and, and I decide not to just veg out and do my own thing but spend time with my kids. Talk to them, hang out with them, play with them, take them outside, do stuff with them. They're going to feel safe. They're going to feel valued. They're going to feel worth. So you know what? That helps them in that moment. But you know what's going to happen in the future? One day they're not going to have to look to their friends to be valued or accepted. One day they're not going to have to look to a boyfriend or a girlfriend to feel valued or accepted. You hear me this morning? They're not going to have to look to the things of the world to be valued or accepted because they had it at home. Interruptions... Bring other opportunities. One interruption here in this passage 
led to possibly hundreds of salvations. If you read in the previous chapter, in chapter 2, they had this incredible moment that birthed the early church. The birth of churches as we know it. And there's this moment in an upper room where the disciples are meeting together. And they're praying and they're seeking the Lord. Just as God, just as Jesus had told them to do. And the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And they begin speaking in tongues. And, and you guys have heard that story. And then from that moment, Peter steps out. And he preaches to the crowd because there was a whole crowd hearing this. And like, what is going on? These are drunk people hanging out up here, right? And, and Peter comes out and he's like, no, no, no. Here's the deal. And he preaches Jesus. Preaches his death, crucifixion, resurrection. You need to repent. Give your life to him. Right? He preaches all this. And it says that 3,000 people were saved. Now, if you read up in here, and, and we read up a little bit further here in, in this chapter... It says, uh, or maybe it's in chapter 4. Um, anyway, it's here, here in this particular area. It's right here. Uh, it's after all this has happened and taken place. It says that the number that they have had now increased to 5,000. I don't know the time lapse between chapter 2 and between where we're at, um, but the chances are there's hundreds of people that come to Christ right here in this moment because they've drawn a crowd. See, that's what happens when God moves. It'll, it'll draw a crowd. The, the signs and wonders will follow those that, that believe. And, and so they've drawn a crowd. They, they knew this man. They knew this beggar. They, 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 they knew this isn't fake. That this is authentic. This is the real deal. Something has changed in this man's life. And they wanted to know what it was. And things escalate quickly. Things get, get pretty crazy, right? They, they've, pretty, they've missed prayer. They're late. They, they're missing prayer. So it's like, you know what? We might as well take advantage of this moment, right? What would you do in that situation? Peter steps up and does what he's done before. He preaches. He preaches. He says, listen, this is all about Jesus. Jesus did this. Jesus did this miracle in this man's life. And, and this is the man that you killed, right? And he's very bold and he doesn't hold back. He's not ashamed. He says, this is the man that you killed, but he rose again. And if you repent and turn from your ways and give your life to him, you can be saved. And their salvation comes to hundreds of people now. Here in this moment, I find this interesting, right? Peter's doing all the work. John often called himself the one that Jesus loved. But Peter healed the man. Peter's stepped out and preached twice now. The people, I, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. That's extra. You don't have to write that down. I just think that's interesting. John just sitting back, taking all the credit. Daggum John. This is also interesting. All this is taking place. They're not even in the temple yet. They didn't make it in the building yet, y'all. They're, they're not in the church. They're outside of the temple. I believe we have a picture of this uh, coming up. They're actually in what's called uh, Solomon's Colonnade. Now, for those of you that can't see this, just Google it later. And you can zoom in on, on your phone, right? Uh, so, so Solomon's Colonnade, or here it's labeled as Solomon's Porch. You see these columns all around. The temple's here in the center. It's kind of sticking up. And so these columns are wrapped all around. It's like this hallway that's wrapped all around the temple. And they're in one of these hallways. They're outside of the church. They're outside of the four walls. And God is moving. People are getting saved. People are getting, this man got healed. This man got healed. And he follows with the men. <clears throat> he doesn't just get up and go, oh, wow, this feels great. He's still walking, y'all. He, he's never walked in his life. My man got up like Forrest Gump and started running, right? He, he took off. He took off and started a praise break, y'all. He started praising Jesus. 
when you put God first, when, when you put Him out there, it's going to catch. Not everybody may get it. Because as we'll see in a few moments, the religious leaders are mad. Not everybody's going to get it, but it's going to catch. Somebody's going to get it because some, somebody's going to need it. At that point in their lives, we just got to throw it out there. Let God do it. Remember, remember we talked about early in this message, we're, we're seed throwers, y'all. We're, we're, just, we're just throwing seed out there. We're, we're just throwing, all right, here it is, God. I'm putting, I'm putting it out there. You got to water. You got to take care of it. You got you to do this. We're just seed throwers. So they, they throw a seed out there. Get up and walk. Be healed. Next thing you know, now here's hundreds of people coming to know Christ. Starting a movement. And they haven't even made it in the church yet. It's happening outside. I don't know that that stirs you or does anything for you, but that blows me away. My last point is this life change starts out there. That's where it starts. In here's where it's cultivated. In here's where there's discipleship. In here, in here's where, the, where there's. But it begins out there. Begins in those little conversations that you find, those opportunities that, that you get to be interrupted in your life. It, it, it begins in those moments. It, it begins by taking people out to, to coffee or, or having lunch and, and just doing life together. I found that the best discipleship with people is one on one, not a Bible study, not a class. I, I did this in youth ministry. I would, I would have a project I had to work on at the church, painting or something like that. And I would call up a kid and I'd be like, hey, you want to come help me paint? Yeah. And we'd sit there and, and, and they get to see how I react. There's people watching you. They're going to see how you handle stressful situations. They're going to see how you handle uh, uh, crazy stuff in your life. They're going to see how you handle uh, anger and, and things like that. Hey, hey, we played softball in college and she was the only Christian on her team. And there were some rough girls, man. They, they were, I would with them girls. And they were watching and see and it affected them because then she began they began having little conversations here and there. They had a study group in, in the library and they were just talking about things of God. They had questions. See, many of the unchurched have questions. No one's giving them answers. Are you willing to be interrupted? It's gonna happen out there. If you read up ahead. Up in chapter 5, it seems that this place, this Solomon's colony, this, 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 uh, this hallway, this becomes a meeting place for people. They start bringing people from all around. They start bringing the sick. They start bringing people that, that need to come and experience Jesus. And they start bringing them here in this place. A revival takes place. People are getting saved. They, like I told you, it says that they added to their number. People are getting saved, set free, delivered, healed. God is, is moving in such a credible way. The colonnade, this, this hallway for you is everywhere. It's everywhere that you are. It, it's the hallway at school. It's the lunch table at school. It's the, it's the break room at your job. It's the water cooler. It's, the, it, it, it's in, the, in the Walmart line. It's in the Starbucks line. It's, it's everywhere that we go. There's people all around us. It's in your own living room. It's at the holiday get-togethers and the family reunions. It's, it's everywhere that you go. And it's not so much about inviting people here to church. What it's more about is bringing people to Jesus. That's what it's more about. That's great if we bring them to church. I want them to come to church. We want you to invite people to church. But it's more about bringing them to Jesus. That's what was happening here. They weren't going to church. They didn't even make it in the building. They were just bringing Jesus through an opportunity where they were interrupted. 
We have to bring people to Jesus. They were bringing them from all around. If we're going to bring people to Jesus, we have to be willing to be interrupted. We have to bring uh, Jesus to people like Marvin. It's a story I've read recently, a true story. Uh, Marvin wants nothing to do with the church. He lost his mom at 12 years old. His dad was an alcoholic, so he had grown real bitter uh, with his dad. He was bitter with God. As you can imagine, he had a lot of questions as to why things were happening. A pastor came right after his mom died and and tried to counsel with him. Pretty much told him there's nothing that you can do. You just got to move on with your life. Now, whether this pastor actually said those words or not, this is how the young man perceived it. So he grew bitter at the church. And there's many people, maybe not the same situation as Marvin, but there's many people like Marvin. They've been hurt. They've gone through crazy personal things in their life. And they've been hurt by the church in some way, shape, or form. And so they've grown bitter. But they still need Jesus. They still need somebody to reach out to them. They still need someone to share the love of Christ. And it's only going to be the love of Jesus that breaks those walls down in their lives. But they have to be walked through that process. That's not going to be something that happens overnight. It's going to take time to build a relationship with them. In fact, the studies that, that I've read uh, about people like Marvin, um, they're, they're more apt to, to be more receptive when it's done through a long-term relationship with a Christian. You have to build relationships. With and I know that takes time. I know that takes time out of your, your busy schedules. But you have to be willing to, to be interrupted. It's going to take sympathetic words. It's going to take the love of Jesus. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to walk in, in the fruits of the Spirit to reach out to people. One of the simplest things that you can do when you reach out to someone like this is really just say, hey, are you really happy in your life? And you watch. They'll begin to, to share things. And you got to learn to listen. you got to learn to, you have to sit. It's going to take time. It's going to be different. But you have to be willing to sit and listen and, and sit in their shoes. It's not just that people are just walking around and they just, they're so angry and they just don't believe in God. And they hate God. And it's, it's not, they don't just wake up and think that way. They've been led to that point. Someone needs to lead them to the truth. We have to be willing to be interrupted uh, for people that have questions about where they're going to spend eternity. A lot of the unchurched, they have questions. They have questions about the afterlife. They, they don't know if this is real. There's a lot of theories. There's a lot of stuff that people are putting out here and out and around. And, and there's, a lot, there's even a lot of different thoughts within Christianity. And they have questions about what's the afterlife going to be like? What's, what's all that about? And they have questions. So we have to be able to, to answer that. Uh, there, there's many of the unchurched that don't like the exclusion of the gospel. That, that why, why, would there people, uh, get, why would people be getting sent to hell? That doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem right. So we have to be able to answer uh, those questions. We have to reach out to the people that they're, they're not resistant to the gospel. They're, they're not really resistant to church. But no one's really uh, explained to them what it's all really about. No one's really talked to them about a ways of salvation. No one's really talked to them about what church is. There's a lot of uh, misconceptions about the church. They need to know the benefits of church. They need to know that, hey, man, it's, it's a place where you can grow together with other people. It's a place where you can, you, can, uh, you can find connection. You can find a place that you belong. It's a place where you can connect with your, your purpose for your life. And, and you have to explain to them the benefits and the appeal uh, of church. We have to reach out for those that, that realize they're missing something in their life. They just don't know what it is. We 
to be willing to be interrupted for them. So we have to invite them. We have to talk to them. We have to spend time with them. We, we invite them to church, but many of them invite them to an event. Invite them to a chili cook-off that we just had recently, which uh, Miss Evelyn won the chili cook-off. Yeah, good job. Yeah. She had her crown on Wednesday night and everything. It was awesome. So we invite them to something like that because that's a little different. And we can still love on people even while we're eating chili. Okay? We, we, we invite them to, to a holiday or an event like Easter next week. So we've got touch cards out in the foyer. Make sure you grab a handful of them and pass them things out. Let's pack this place out next week for Easter. We're going to have a photo booth outside, out front there. So I know y'all are going to get all dressed up. And the ladies, you're going to have little hats on, right? Old school, right? And the fellas, you're going to go high. Um, Zach's already dressed up for Easter. He's got his white shoes on today. But, um, but we're going to have a photo booth opportunity out there. We're going we're gonna to be giving away a family four-pack of tickets to Bush Gardens for all of our first-time guests. Uh, that they're going to be entered into a drawing. And then if you bring a guest, you're going to get entered into that drawing as well. And we're going to give away tickets to Bush Gardens. Next week's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great time. Invite some people to it next week. Be willing to be interrupted throughout your day to invite someone next week. Invite them to a program. If there's a vacation Bible school that we have during the summer, invite them. If they have kids, you know they have kids. Invite them to come to them. We'll have to come to things like that. We'll have, we'll have different events throughout the year as we, we get into to things and, and doing different things. Bible studies, midweek uh, service, we have that. That's more of a small group type kind of setup that we have. Um, in the summer, we're going to try doing home groups on Sunday evenings. And, and that you'll be hearing more details about that. And invite them to those things. But we have to be willing to be interrupted to invite them. Those that hear the gospel, they didn't know about it. They heard about it. A common response with them is, where have you been? This is exactly what I've been looking for and what I needed. So many times, I've read so many stories. I've heard so many testimonies of people that, that were lost. They were unchurched. They didn't know. Someone reached out to me and they're like, finally, finally, this is what I've been needing. This is what I've been looking for and longing for. Worship team, you guys can come up. And get in place. Some of it really is just having to be more strategic and intentional on reaching others. It has to become a part of our journey with Christ. God doesn't just want to do a work in you. He wants to do a work through you. He wants to use you. He wants to use your experiences. He wants to use what he's done in your life to relate and to reach people that have been through similar things. But we have to be willing to be interrupted to share those things. But we have to be strategic. We have to be intentional. It has to become a part of our life. It has to become a part of our church, our DNA, our culture here. So what do we, what do, we do? How do we do that? How, how do we make that a, a part of our life? Well, first, a personal invitation to church. That, that's something that all of us can do. And it's real simple. We have, we have the Easter touch cards. That's an easy way for you to do that. After Easter, we'll have some just generic ones that say, hey, come to our church. And that's a real simple way. Just, they're real small. You just say, hey, come to our church. Come check it out. Or you hear something. You remember seeing need, meet a need. That's kind of our thing here, right? So, so you hear something in conversation with somebody. Hey, you know, I, I don't know if like, this would help, but I pray when I'm going through stuff. And, and it's just a personal invitation is the most powerful evangelical tool at your disposal. Now, I've seen people be weird with this, though, so don't be weird. 
I've seen people be weird and awkward. Uh, so, you know, whether you're going to uh, have a story that you share, like your story, your testimony, or whatever it is, be, let it be scripted. Do you know it? Do you feel it? Otherwise, it's just like a church, you go, yes, no, you know, and it's weird, it's awkward. Or, or you come out and you say this, you know, some of you guys are shy, I admit that, but don't be awkward, don't be weird with it. Uh, this one time, this guest came at, at a church I grew up in, and I'll never forget this, because it really bothered me. But the guest came in, and the, the guy went up to him and was like, hey, what's your name? So-and-so, hey, I'm this friend, hey, do you know Jesus? Is you Lord and Savior? Oh, easy, easy, bro, pop the brakes, right? And at least buy me dinner first, you know, like, just jump right to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's awkward. That, that, don't, don't be weird with it. Just be genuine. Pray about it before you do it. You should pray in, in, in the morning before you leave. God, give me an opportunity to speak to someone's life today. Give me an opportunity to reach someone. Give me an opportunity to invite someone to church. Because it just might change their life. They just might be like this beggar who had been reaching out to so many different things and, and, and finally someone gave him what he needed. And it changed his life. And then it changed so many other people's life that were around him. Personal invitation is huge. Uh, the next is going to be building relationships. We have to, to build relationships with people. And again, I know that takes time. We have, we have to be interrupted to, to do that. But in this, through building relationships, share your story and show what God has done your life. Let them see it in you. Let them see Christ in you by the way that you handle your life, by the way that you handle things. The way that you handle kids speaks a lot about you. So if you have kids and you're smacking them around all the time, sometimes they need it, but if you're just like really mean to them, right, that's not, you know, that may throw them off a little bit. How you handle stress on the job, how you handle, how you handle your crazy family, right? All those things are going to, I got to chuckle back here. He's talking about his family, not your family, Rhonda. It's okay. <laughs> How you handle yourself will speak. We're known by our fruit. So through building those relationships, share and show what God has done in your life. And then the next thing is, is real simple. Pray. Pray. MC Hammer. I'm going old school on y'all. MC Hammer, y'all know, can't touch this, right? But you also had a song that said, we got to pray just a minute. And... and Whatever you think about that, I don't care, that's cheesy, that's corny, but that's exactly what we need to do. We have got to pray. We have got to learn to pray. We have got to be a praying church. The only way we're going to grow this thing and do this thing is through prayer. Pray. If you don't know how to pray, if you don't know what to pray, just pray for other people. There's so many people that you can pray for and you will never run out of things to pray for. You will never run out of people to pray for. There's people all around you. There's family. You've got church members in here. You, you, you've got coworkers. There's people all around you. You've got neighbors. If you need something to pray for, pray for other people. You'll find yourself getting lost in that. And you'll just keep praying and you'll just keep praying. You'll just, you don't know what you're doing with your time. Prayer is so, so, so important. We have to do that. If you want to develop your prayer life, start praying for other people. We're going to eventually have more opportunities for corporate prayer in here. I've only been here, you know, a couple, couple months now, and, and we're working on getting things implemented and things going, but we'll have more opportunities. We have intercessory prayer on Saturday mornings at, at 9 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. You guys are welcome to be a part of that, but we have got to learn to bathe this thing in prayer. We've got to learn to pray for other people. We've got to pray for those opportunities. 
to reach out to others. If we don't, we're going to fail. If, if we don't, uh, we're not going to grow. We're not going to do this thing right. And I don't like to lose, y'all. I'm competitive. I don't like to lose. I don't want to lose. We've got to pray and see this thing through. Praying will build your faith. Praying will draw you closer to God. Praying will help you to be interrupted in those moments of reaching people. Let's look at the text again real quick as we get ready to, to close out. Peter and John go back to the other believers, right? If you read up um, ahead here in verse 23 of chapter 4. They got arrested. The religious leaders didn't like what was going on. And they got arrested. In fact, they got held overnight because it was the evening hour. So they got held overnight. And the next day they're questioned. They're like, why aren't you teaching about Jesus? We've told you not to do this time and time again. Don't do this anymore. And so they end up not being able to accuse them of anything. There's nothing that they can pin on these people. They've grown this following now because people are excited. They've seen this man. They can't argue that this man was lame. So they have nothing to accuse him. They don't want to start an uproar or an uprising or anything like that. So they let the men of God go. And so they go back to their, to their church. In verse 23 it says, On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices to gather in prayer to God. They gathered in prayer to God. It says, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. We spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples ply by name? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers bend together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power uh, and will had decided upon what should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. This is one of my favorite stories because of their response to this. They didn't get shaken. They weren't shook because they got arrested or because someone was telling them, no, they couldn't do that. They didn't get bothered by it. In fact, it stirred them up even more. And they get fired up a little bit. So they go back and they have church and they begin to pray and they say, God, give us even more boldness. God, may we continue to proclaim your goodness amongst the people. God, may, may we continue to see signs and wonders as we read for here. And stretch out your hands and heal them before signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And look what happens. God speaks. God moves. God shows up. And it says here in verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were off the of the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We, we get shook by so many things in this world. When's the last time you were shaken by the power of God? When was the last time that you were shaken with a passion for the things of God? We get shaken by so many things. But they weren't shook. They, weren't, they, they didn't get messed up by this. They got them fired up and they were ready to do something and God began to move in their lives even more. They go back to the believers. They begin to pray. They begin to seek the face of God. It, it didn't say, you know what? Well, let's just throw in the towel. We're, we're done. They're not letting us do this anymore. Oh, they're speaking out against us. Tell us, that, we, we, what do we do? We can't, we can't do anything. So they went and they prayed and they prayed and they asked God for this most amazing thing to give them boldness. God would continue to work in their life. Even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of, of, of all this. Also, they continue to reach people and share the gospel. 
And God answered. Listen, you are going to need boldness. You are going to need the power of God. You're going to need prayer, not only for this life, but to reach other people around you. You're going to need it. Don't hold back. Go after God. Listen, I, I, I know we live in a society where we're told the same thing. We're told to shut up. The disciples were told to shut up. We, we, we live in a day and age where that still happens. We're told to shut up. We're told to not do this. We're told not to put our beliefs on anybody else. Don't, don't, you, don't, you, don't you come at me. They, they, they think we're hypocrites. They think we're judgmental. They think we're all these things. But, but I want to have a response just like the disciples. Because if you read the encounter that they have when they are arrested. Um, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit here in chapter 4 verse 8. Rulers and elders and people if we're being called to count a different act of kindness shown to a man was lame and being asked how he was healed. Then notice you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus who is crucified. Um, he goes on and he preaches to them and he says, how can we not help but speak of Jesus? How can we not speak of the truth? How can we not share what God has done in our life? Can we let it be the same in our lives? Can we, can we look out in culture and be like, listen, you might be wanting to shut me up, but I cannot help but preach. I cannot help but share the word of the Lord. I cannot help but share the goodness and what God has done in my life. Can we be like that, church? Can we be like that in the face of persecution, in the face of, uh, of this postmodern uh, world that we live in, in, in the face of, uh, of so much criticism that the church gets? Let's rise up. We're going to need the boldness. We're going to need to pray. We're going to need to seek the power of God again. Here's the deal. These people that we need to reach out to, the lost, the hurting, the struggling, the broken, these people are worth the interruption in your life. They're worth it. And here's the deal. You were worth the interruption in Jesus. Jesus left all of glory. Jesus left the right hand of the Father. Jesus left heaven to come down here and to put on this flesh and to live amongst us. And he died. You were worth the interruption. He died for you. He took a beating for you. He, 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 was, he allowed himself to be arrested. He allowed himself to be accused when he didn't do anything wrong. He, he allowed himself to be mocked and to be beaten and to be abused. He, he allowed himself to be, to be killed all for you and for me. You were worth the interruption. They are worth the interruption. Stand with me this morning. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.